0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode eight of our PaceCast. So a month ago, July, we were recording this and I remember us looking out at the sun, reflecting on the water and the blue sky and complaining, if that's the right word, about the heat and now obviously it's August and it's school holidays and the weather's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is on the day we're recording this anyway, but we're not going to let that spoil our mood. All's good at Pace HQ, as usual, I'm joined by Joe and Kaz. Hello ladies. Hi. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about all things photography because when this goes out, did you know it's going to be World Photography Day? I didn't know there was such a thing, but apparently there is. There's a day for everything. I going to say, there's a day for everything. <laughs> and we're going to be joined by Alan Raw. So Alan is the Chief Executive of the Creative and Cultural Organisation and also Hull Independent Photography, so it'd be good to talk to him. So I thought we could have, before we start talking to Alan, a chat about selfies, which seems to be the thing, certainly as far as my children are concerned. <laughs> what do you think of selfies, ladies? They won't thank you for saying that. <laughs>
1: and they're not in the audience this week
2: we're, we're not here
0: <laughs> yes listeners weren't aware but they were actually in the room last time we recorded on their best behavior oh
1: i'm glad i haven't got selfies from when i was younger for sure
0: yeah no selfies i'd only just started i think
2: when i was at the sort of peak age to be taking them. I remember um, Kim Kardashian claims that she invented the selfie. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, like she twisted her camera the other day around and I think it's a just a picture of her in the car and she claims that she invented oh, selfies Lord. before selfies were a thing. Of course um, she does. So yeah, and I have I do have like archival selfies of me using my webcam. Uh, like, uh, Logic pro webcam. It's <laughs> <from> about <laughs> one megapixel. <laughs> Uh, so that those exist. Those are probably the earliest selfies when you couldn't see what selfie was going to be, kind of thing. So yeah. Does that count? I
1: don't know what the, the accurate
2: definition of a selfie is. Do you have to be able to see yourself to take a selfie? I, I don't
1: know. I'm probably taking a selfie. I just feel very awkward doing it. Like physically, I feel awkward. Like turning the camera around on myself in public and going, I'm going to take a picture of me.
0: What is it about people taking a picture of themselves taking a picture of themselves? That's what the thing that everyone does. The girl, it's a girl thing, isn't it? Um, Take a picture of themselves taking taking a picture, yeah. In the mirror. So it's kind of like a mirrored picture of themselves taking a picture. So you can see the phone in their hand. This is a crossover of Kaz's two
2: favourite things actually. Uh gym selfies. (laughs) 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 Where people that seems interesting, doesn't it? People are taking a picture of themselves in the mirror at the gym. Full, full
1: face makeup. Yeah, so this is this is perfect content for you, Cass. it's Everything I hate.
0: <laughs> selfies at <laughs> the gym. Um, I'm not big on selfies, but I do find it useful to use that function as a mirror yes that's what one I use a, I use it a lot for that yeah. yeah have I got something in my teeth yeah just check my hair yeah. out before I go into a meeting yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is very handy
1: but um I think there's like a knack to a selfie I think like your kids are probably really good at taking a selfie because they're like trained yeah and like got it perfect got the right angle they you are know, like a whole like duck, pout, lip, trout, all that, whatever. <laughs> trout. whatever you call it, trout, pout, fish lips, whatever it is, like the pouting situation. Like I just feel it just can't, I just, it's not me. But it's maybe not my it's
2: bag. also teaching kids about photography, you know, lighting, composition. Yeah. It's filters though, isn't it? It's all mm. these
0: filters they use to make themselves look not blemish free
1: yeah it's, it's you know it's it's not and I think like it just I think a selfie just makes I mean it's great like you can take turn the camera around and take a selfie of you and your friend I think mm. it's brilliant like I love taking pictures of me with the kids but I don't have any purpose for just a picture of just me <laughs>
2: <laughs> no but touching on filters there I was reading about that new law that's come into place in Norway about social media influencers now have to declare yeah they've edited the photos which thinks great yeah
0: is that just a norwegian thing then because that should be more universal shouldn't it yeah it's only in norway
1: so and the retouching that type of thing should be like it should leave, legally have a disclaimer having to say it but I shall tell you what I found out yesterday mm-hmm. that if you do need to take a selfie because I was looking for my top tip for pause with pace if you do want to take a selfie you can turn your camera around and you just show your palm to the camera and it takes a selfie of yourself
0: I didn't know that there you go top tip I should have saved it at the body. <laughs> though that everyone is just certainly the younger generation they just want to take a photograph of everything they're doing whether it's eating a meal yeah and and it's over documenting their life to some extent whereas then and they're not living in the moment they're too bothered about sharing that moment with everybody rather than actually enjoying it i think it's the regrets as well like as a kid you do so many things that you like you regret a haircut
1: or you regret you know an outfit and you go through different phases but then like because it's all so heavily documented you can't escape that when you're an adult and you go, what was I doing, you know? But like, we, you know, we can hide those really bad, like Max Spielman, like films that we had developed <laughs> and they're hidden into the bottom of a drawer. But kids, like the ex-boyfriend, like picture of you snogging a boyfriend, and broken <laughs> her, but like it's there and like, you can't escape it. I think it's a healthy evolution that we're like, no, I agree. hopefully, hopefully like there'll be so many photos and kids will get bored of it. And I do try to be a real, like in the moment and like, I'll take one picture, so like I've got my picture of like the kids like we went to the fair at East Park the other day I took my one picture of the girls on the ride and then put it down and just enjoyed and somebody said to me doing something else the other day like oh put your phone down enjoy the moment I thought oh you're right but I am one of the people that tries to put my phone down and enjoy the moment he obviously thought I wasn't because mm. I was taking a picture of whatever was happening I quite liked him saying that I thought if I wasn't trying aware of that I was glad that he'd flagged that as an awareness
0: mm. he yeah. said as he got his phone out to take a yeah. picture <laughs> take a
2: selfie <laughs> <laughs> but then for some people taking a photo is enjoying the moment because people enjoy photography yeah. so yeah I've been on holidays with friends who you know actively take you know a camera and want to do all the editing and things and you know that's nice for them to enjoy yeah that side of things yeah and you I think you do experience things differently and think, yeah oh, if I moved like that way and You know, do this and do that, then I can get a good picture and think, oh, yeah, I never even saw that. Yeah. You know, structure or that person in that. Yeah.
0: I think there's a difference between capturing a moment on on a a photo as opposed to staging a photograph to make your life look more glamorous or better than it actually is i think those two very different things and i think unfortunately children are growing up in the latter environment and don't appreciate photography like i remember which was just capturing being on holiday and those moments that you want to look back on and have happy memories of that's not what they're doing it for today it's to show off isn't it basically
1: and there is like when i look back at the pictures of my parents when they were younger, and there's you know they're sat on a wall and they go oh that's like the one picture they've got of that entire day and it's like oh i remember
0: yeah. And they've
1: got all the memories behind the picture, but they only need the one picture to re- for them to recall the memory. Whereas I've got literally like 50 pictures from us being at the fields the other day, like you know, on bikes and I'm like, what, what am I gonna do with that? I only need, I don't even really need one. We do it a million times. Like, why have I got so many? So like sometimes I think they get devalued because there's so many photos, and then that's where like the art of like we had one photo shoot done with a professional photographer as a family, and there's more value in that because it was you know a professional capturing the moment, like really nice photography, all look really nice on them, and I they're all over like they're the ones that I've got in the house, real natural photos, whereas the ones that I take just end up on my my hard drive and they don't ever get used so talking <laughs> about the, the prioritizing of photos do we want to talk a bit about
2: you know in our industry in marketing you know how we decide on you know a lead image for a campaign or yeah. or how what how that process works I mean I'm not actually involved in that so I don't
0: know so I mean photography is such a huge part of what we do as a profession isn't it because everything is so visual now You've got social media yeah. and you think about how we communicate and share content professionally then not taking anything away from the writers, Joe, but it's these days it's less fewer words and more about the visual. Whether that's still image, whether that's video. On well, video, I mean, is dominating at the moment. But um, I actually like the visual side. I like I like looking at good photography.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on like the person as well because like I'm a more of a visual learner, whereas I imagine that you're probably more drawn to the words. Mm-hmm joe yes talking to joe i just realized you can't see her i'm pointing out my we haven't been doing this for very long
2: uh, no it's kind of like a running joke now that i just don't know anything about how to take a good photo i know it makes a good photo i know it looks nice i yeah. just would never know how to bring
1: it together yeah
2: because that is just a skill that's gonna
1: on. yeah and i think that that's one of the big things i'm sure that alan um, i'm sorry really real i guess i'm sure yes
0: oh yeah we have yeah i'm sure it's kaz is paying attention to what we're talking about
1: today. i forgot what was i gonna say um still an art form and a lot of people think oh i can i'll just turn up with my iphone and take a picture and it does happen
0: like you know for like commercial campaigns like muse some photography or whatever photography especially with the way I am films these days the quality of the camera I mean it's pretty good I mean I'm not saying it's the same as a professional photographer camera but it's a lot better than they used to be yeah
1: and it looks so easy doesn't it it looks easy you see a photographer and they just point and shoot point and shoot but there's something there's like some hidden trick that they're doing in that process that just makes something artistic I suppose and Glamorous and beautiful. I don't know how our photographer managed to do we all I thought I literally did this photo shoot and I thought there's going to be no pictures of us with our eyes shut, all smiling. It was the most chaotic, crazy photo shoot with two kids and a dog and the two of us. And she was like, tickle the kids, do this, do that. Like run here, run there, do this. Like play in the pond and all this. And we're doing, I'm thinking, what are these pictures going to be look like? And then there was loads of gorgeous pictures. How did she not have us all go? (laughs) time. But
0: yeah, she did it. Well, on the subject of good photographers, shall we say hello to Alan?
3: Hello.
0: So just for the benefit of our listeners, do you mind just saying a little bit about yourself and what you do?
3: Yeah, I'm kind of an arts nerd. I am um, I, a music photographer. I shoot lots of festivals and things like that. And I'm BBC introducing music presenter and i'm a gallerist and curator and collector and all kinds of enthusiasm about photography really just i get involved in every way i can but i also manage creating cultural organization in the community in hull and our main project is hull independent photography so it's hip club for education and hip gallery for exhibitions and hip fest for celebration
2: amazing can you tell us a bit about hip fest for those who don't know yeah
3: it's been going eight years and we started 2014 and it was supposed to be an exhibition with a number of different artists involved, but um, it grew and became a festival. And it's run by our community of photographers in Hull uh, through Creative and Cultural Organization. And we have our club called Hip Club, where people come and learn and do photo walks and things together and they always do an exhibition as part of it. And I guess it's about bringing the outside world of photography into that world, into our community of photography in whole. And we've had some of the legends of photography in the world come and join in with us. Uh... Like Marilyn Stafford, who was the first photographer for Chanel, and um, Brian Griffin, who's like world famous music photographer, and uh, Freaky Anson, who's like the top commercial photographer in Brussels, and Peter Dench, Well Press Photo Award, Matt Finn, Fine Art and Jerwood Award winner, you know, loads of people. And they've all come to Hull, spent time with our artists, and exhibited alongside our extremely good local artists as well. Uh, we've even had things like the Travel Photographer of the Year show come and uh, the Royal Photographic Society Biennial, and it's somehow become the biggest annual photography festival in the UK. Wow, that's
1: amazing. That is amazing. Super proud of that, I imagine.
3: Yeah, it's great to be involved in it. It's an awful lot of fun, a lot of work because we're all volunteers, but it is it is something to be proud of, I think. We have average about 56,000 visitors, and uh, that's a lot of people coming and seeing artists who've never seen before from around here alongside ones who've probably drawn them in from a long way, like the really big names, and it's good to put them together because that's great for developing around here.
0: And where is it? Where is it held normally, I would say?
3: Normally it has been held uh, mainly surrounding Princess Key. so um, lots of empty shop spaces within Princess Key. we take them over, we decorate them, do them up, turn them into galleries for um, the period of the festival. And then we run loads of workshops, uh, sort of in the main atrium and in maybe one big shop unit, and have loads of people doing workshops and talks. And then other places like the central library and St Mary's Church and anywhere else where we could fit an exhibition, we will we will do that just to make it across the city. We have big outdoor shows as well, so like on the uh, uh, front of Princess Key, Princess uh, Princess Dock Street, there we put like big mobile exhibitions out there build big walls that kind of stuff uh, but uh, obviously with the pandemic that's put a stop to all of those shenanigans um and we'll have to see how we can start again get back up and running
1: yeah do you tend to have like a theme then so would you do like say like fashion photography or do you have like all different like a uh, fashion photography music photography and like feature all at the same time of the
3: festival or uh, it's it's a mix because um we've been. We've been told many times by potential funders and people like that it needs to be themed, um, but that's not to me. That's not a festival. It's like I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to Glastonbury uh, to see just rock bands because that's not Glastonbury. That's Donington. So now I'd go to Glastonbury to have an experience of other worlds and, go, and walk through from maybe the green fields to some other crazy robot robot field or something. So. A festival should have something for everyone, something for all ages, something for all abilities. So
1: how so? How did you get into photography?
3: Gosh, uh, I, through video really through through filmmaking. Um, so I've done a lot of camera skills stuff with the BBC and um, produced documentaries with them and done sort of mixing that with youth works and so things like Citizen H which was a project I did for the BBC where I went to lots of other lots of young people in different communities around Holland we made documentaries about their lives and I taught them how to use the cameras and they did that and I used to make lots of music videos for bands uh, for MTV and things like that and I kind of just got really really interested in how much of a story you can tell just in one shot because when you're trying to compose uh for film or for video you you're trying to tell a story and you maybe do a storyboard and it's easier in some ways to me to be able to tell a story like that Uh, so like maybe there's a car driving down a long road and that kind of establishes the scene and then you see who's in the car and that establishes a character and then you see what's in front of them and that starts to make a story if you can do that in one shot then I think that's a real achievement. So I got into it like that.
1: Am I right in thinking that you're really into lamography?
3: Yeah, yeah, I am.
1: Okay, I thought you
3: were. I've created a lot of shows for them.
1: Yeah, is that, do you, is that kind of a dying trend or is that something that's kind of having a bit of a resurgence as a result of like, iPhones and like, new technology that's coming out?
3: I think that a lot of the filter apps have uh, encouraged people to get back into experimenting with colour. And um, Lomography has been going a long time now, about 28 years, I think. We did a big show. I curated a show for the uh, 25th anniversary, so, yeah, that was a few years back at HitFest. It's all about using film that's maybe out of date and all the colours have changed and the chemicals are all wrong so you don't know what you're going to get, and using, like, old Russian cameras, uh, which uh, are really kind of cheap throwaway cameras and, and... they may have light leaks you don't know how they're going to work and uh, it's just it's about that creativity and accidental discovery that comes from shooting in that way uh, and i've always been fascinated with that
1: does it replicate quite well sorry joe no, no, does ahead. it replicate quite well on modern because I, I had um i think i had a little i kind of learned about it through hip, hipstagram
3: it was called before instagram
1: I think with some sort of like filter or something, and does it replicate quite a a sort of realistic version of what the real thing is?
3: In one way, yes. And in one way, no. So in one way, yeah, you can achieve a very similar look, but you know what you're going to get because you're deliberately making that look. Whereas in the logography, you don't know what you're going to get. You have an idea.
1: That's the artistic and the creative element of it is the surprise of when you process it, what, what comes out of it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And the waiting from shooting it and then getting the film developed and, uh, if you've got your own dark ring, you sort of see it emerge. Uh, it's a real special thing.
2: So I guess that kind of answers our question around do you prefer... Well, I suppose there's, there's benefits to both around the new technology that is available around photography now, or experimenting with you know technology of the past. What what would what's your preferred style, or do you think there's room for both?
3: I think there is room for both. So um, this month it's Leeds Festival, and we're lucky enough to have two amazing bands from Hull on there, which is great. So I'll I'll be there shooting for BBC, um, and I know that I've got to I've got to nail those shots, um, and they have to be instantly available. So I'll be using a digital camera because it's instant and I can see on my screen straight away what I've got. I'll know if I've nailed the shot and I can Wi-Fi it straight from my camera to go straight out on on socials or onto a website or to an editor who's going to work with it. It has that instant element to it. And also you can get extremely sharp images in really, really low light. And So digital really has a place and I spend way too much on digital gear. But I will also be taking lobography cameras with me. And uh, I always take some film cameras and some old film and I will just be shooting whatever with that, probably not even looking where I'm pointing the camera, just shoot it my shoulder or something. And just capture some of the festival with that as well and not know what I've got till later. And uh, and you get, us I don't know, it, it'll give a, a real rich sense of the colour of the event as well, which I, I love. Mm-hmm.
1: We were talking earlier on, just um, before you joined us, Alan, about... Um, um like i remember as a kid going getting an uh a Like 99p, like disposable camera, and going having a night out with your mates or doing whatever. And then you go to Max Peelman and develop it. And then you'd hang around town waiting for it to develop and then go pick it up. And somebody had picked up your camera and you had no idea what was on the, you know, and there's like a real magic of, I think, I don't know, I think a lot of that's lost through this like instant world that we're living now that it's all, you don't sort of have that magic of, of the development process and what happens and like the anticipation of it. And then like, oh, some weird thing happened with the lights there like this caught a really like amazing moment and Mm -hmm. although that's kind of a bit lost a bit I suppose which is a bit sad really but hopefully the sort of younger this like the 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 sort of digital um and selfie which is obviously what we're talking about like the selfie sort of camera angle thing will maybe research a sort of interest in photography for a new generation as well but in in a different way and Take it in a new direction, maybe.
3: I think, I think it has done, and uh, Instagram has been brilliant for photography, and uh, and people have taken incredible photos just with their phones as well, and put them straight up on Instagram. There's a photographer I really like called Miss Underground, who's based in London, and she's uh, she's only on Instagram, and she only takes photos with her iPhone and she takes all of her photos in London Underground. The composition of her shots and the way they look is absolutely amazing. And um, and it was Instagram that inspired her to do that. And we have Instagram as whole, well. we have IG as whole, well. and that is run by uh, Creative and Cultural again, uh, but with some great people taking a lead on that. And um, it's, it's a really easy way for people to become a photography community and share stuff with each other and maybe go out on photo walks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you touch on photo walks there. I understand that you do some, some photo walks and master classes as part of HIP Festival. Could you tell us a bit about those, how those work?
3: We actually do them all year round. Um, so we've had to stop for the pandemic, but we've started again. Uh, so we have HIP Club, and HIP Club is the part which is, all um, Independent Photography Club is the education side. and we have that for all ages um our junior club hasn't started again yet but our team's sort of 12 years upwards and adults is, is up and running uh, so tuesday evenings anyone can go to creative and cultural on prospect street on the front of prospect center and uh, and that's where Hit club's based and hit Gallery, and they can go in there and just join in uh, there'll be a workshop going on or a photo walk going out and Uh, any camera will do just your phone if you like and there is people there who will be able to help you get involved and and help you learn things as you go along and then when it comes to the festival we have like some of the biggest names in the world will come and talk about how they do it
2: amazing can you give us some top tips for people who aren't great at taking photos which is joe (laughs) which is me I like to dip, well, I'm, not, I'm just not very good, so uh, have you got any top tips for us for people who are, who are maybe attending live gigs this summer, because we can do that now, um, or going to any events, what what would be your advice for, for people who are looking at uh, taking
3: some pictures? It's something I could talk for hours about, so I will really do my best not to, but um, know your camera is really important, uh, so you've once you get a camera, it doesn't matter what kind of camera it is, but you've got to really, really get to know it and know how it, what its limits are. So if you find that it's, you want to take a photo and it's dark, uh, you don't need to be looking at it to work out what button does what, what setting it's in and everything else, because you can do it all by feel. And then that camera just becomes a window. It's just something you're looking through. And you're not looking at the camera. You're not thinking about the camera. You're just looking through it, and then you get a better idea of what you're taking. So if you can actually catch what you're seeing through that window, the way you're seeing it, the way you want it to be, then you've got a good photo. You won't have cut their head off or whatever. Um, and then you've got to think about what it is you're trying to say with your photo. So photos should tell a story, in my opinion. It's not only my opinion, but they, they should tell a story. And, uh, and so. Um, if you're doing something like lomography then the story is going to be just as much as a surprise to you as it's to anybody else, probably, when you get the results. Uh, but if you're doing digital, try and compose your shots. And that would help if you learn a few composition rules, uh, like the rule of thirds probably being the most important one, where you'd divide your screen into three. You just put two lines down and two lines across, and where they meet, those points are the points where it's good to put eyes or a face or... Because you very rarely, unless it's the uh, news program, you very rarely see somebody in the middle of a shot, in the middle of a screen. Yeah,
1: that was a game changer. When I found out that as a, as a sort of general rule for photography, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was one of those moments.
3: It gives people a bit of looking room, because if they're sort of looking at the side of the shot, then it looks like they're looking at the edge of the photo. And that kind of breaks the, it breaks the scene. It makes it look like there's a frame around it. And You want to have a little bit of room and a bit of moving room, a bit of looking room. But once you know the rules, then you can break them and know why you're breaking them and know what effect that has for the person looking at it. And then if you're buying gear, if you're buying gear, don't worry about the body of your camera. It comes in two halves. You've got a lens and you've got a body, usually. Even if it's in all in one, it's still got a lens and a body. And... Like I'm buying new equipment all the time, and I've got Leeds Fest coming up, so I'll be thinking about what I'm taking with me. And it will be quarter of my budget will be the body, and three quarters will be the lenses, because the body's like the brain, and the lenses what it's seeing through. So if you've got a, if you've got a tight budget, spend most of the money on lenses, and don't worry too much about the bit that's catching it, because that could be film cheap film camera just you can get really high quality film cameras that are really old and you can get them for next to nothing but they're a really high quality camera you stick an amazing lens on it you're going to get a good photo oh
1: that's good advice, very, very good advice. is there um a sort of sector of photography that's sort of known to be the hardest to do like fashion photography or wildlife photography like what's
0: children and animals i'd say <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: It depends on what you want. I mean, um, if you want to be the greatest fine art photographer, then um, it'd probably be a good idea to spend years studying fine art before you even take a photo. So that's hard in a whole different way to um, maybe music photography, where um, you just turn up at the gig and you point your camera and then off you go um, without probably that much training. But music photography is very, very difficult and uh, it's a real challenge. And the reason for that is because the light is changing constantly you've got strobes and all sorts yeah the people are diving around they're jumping off the stage um you don't know whether they're going to be far away and you need a long lens or they're going to be close up you need a short lens you can't see what you're doing because it's dark and there's light flashing light and smoke everywhere and by the end of that you've got to have made created amazing photos that capture the atmosphere of what went on
1: yeah
2: we've mentioned a few photographers that are a conversation but in terms of you know up and coming photographers to watch you know maybe they're in the Hull area or, or maybe in London as you mentioned or further afield are there any photographers or Instagram you know handles that we should be looking out for have you got any recommendations for us
3: yeah well locally um, have a look at Instagram as well uh, I-G-E-R-S underscore Hull uh, which we've which I started, I think, about six, seven years ago, and it's it's doing really well. Um, that has lots of local photographers sharing their stuff on there. Some of them are brilliant, so you could follow them on Instagram, the ones that you'd like to look on, follow them and see what else they're taking, um, or go meet them on a photo walk. Uh, check out the photographers we've got in Hit Club. And some of the teenagers are amazing. Some of the work they've done is incredible. Uh, some of them are now sponsored by uh, Olympus and people like that, are sponsoring these teenagers from home. Um, but then uh, also locally, Rob Bentley. Uh, Rob is our lead tutor now at Hip Club. I showed his work at Photo City London about four years ago uh, in Paternoster Square outside St Paul's Cathedral um, with three other artists who all were really big names. And everybody was amazed by his work. And it was just street photography that he'd done around here. Um, so Rob Bentley's one to watch for the future. Um, but uh, Marilyn Stafford is probably my favorite photographer. Uh, um, I put her forward for an award she won, she, she did win a Lifetime Achievement Award and I, I spent a year curating a, a retrospective of her work which went, went in HIPFest and I just completely fell in love with it. Um, she's 95 now I think. Oh wow. Yeah, she really needs to be celebrated. So since the end of the war, she was singing in uh, nightclubs in Paris, taking photos of what she was seeing around yeah. her and ended up shooting for Chanel. And uh, she's absolutely a legend. And then if you want to laugh and see something really, really clever as well, Peter Dench, he's the World Press Photo Award winner. But I've curated five exhibitions of his. Um, And they show England, or whichever country he's picking on, because he started going further afield, it shows the place in a completely different light or very much a true light as well. Uh, So Alcohol in England is one of his great books. (laughs) Uh, And it's it's just hard to look at, but funny. And uh, Brits Abroad is amazing as well. So check out some Peter Bench.
1: (laughs) They no, sound good. I've written those down. Does um, does Marilyn Stafford use like digital? Like is she obviously she's quite enough, an elderly lady now? Is she kind of stuck with her original sort of craft and skills that, that she had or is she sort of evolved with the times and using iPhones
3: now? What's she her? She's now sponsored by Olympus and um, she can use their cameras. She's She's uh, not surprisingly, at 95, she's incredibly intelligent and extremely good at doing things and can do a great, she can do a great website as well. I yeah, um, I brought her to Hull to show her retrospective that I'd done of her work and um, she spent a weekend here uh, getting to know all of our young photographers at Hip Club. And One of our photographers actually got sponsored by Olympus because she went to Olympus and said, you need to see this kid's work.
0: Oh Wow, that's awesome. She's amazing. That's one of the things about photography, though, isn't it? It's not a young person's gig. Uh, Anyone can do it. Yeah. So it's not ageist at all. I've got a final question for you, Alan, because I'm just conscious of the time. So if you could take a photograph of any person or anything, what would that be?
3: Well, that's a really tough one. I mean it would be really nice to take a photo of a, a creature like a wildlife shot of something that nobody's ever got a photo of before but that's uh I'd have to be in the right place for that and there's no traveling going on right now is there? So that ain't happening um I, I don't know there's there's a fellow called Matt Finn who I mentioned earlier he did an exhibition I curated an exhibition of his work and he'd done the simplest thing but he'd done it brilliantly and I'd love to do be able to achieve something like he'd done he took One photo um, every so many months with the same camera of the same person for 30 years. It was his mum. Oh,
0: Oh, I've got goosebumps.
3: (laughs) He took a photo of his mother and you can see each photo is just of his mum in the same house, in the same place, with the same camera, with the same film. And he just did it and did it and did it. And that exhibition shows her getting older uh, right up until um she died oh, wow, that's
1: amazing. That's such a cool idea yeah.
3: extremely moving.
1: did that inspire an app to be developed because um i started doing this about uh, probably about five years ago and i took a selfie
2: Uh, oh you said you I
1: only did it because there was an app and it was called every day the app and you took a picture of yourself every day or every week or however long you want to and it compiles them and you can see like my hair get cut and a fringe appear and it changed color and like and that was like an app that was developed and my friend's done it consistently for I think he's probably not doing it as much now but he did it for years um not 30 years and not you know exactly the same thing but do you think that was maybe inspired by something that he'd done because that's like a very similar kind of concept.
3: Very possibly, yeah. Well, Matthew's—he's um, the patron of of Hip Gallery in Holland, and, and he won the Jerwood Photo Award for that and so yeah he's inspired a lot of things um, so quick maybe so yeah he's an incredible guy I suppose really this month I have to say the ultimate photo for me would be to get the best shot of um, either Low Hummer or Downtown Kyoto who are two whole cool bands who are headlining introducing stage on Saturday if I can get a shot that they are really they really pr- proud of and they love and they want to use for something job done yeah
0: sure you will good luck with it cheers yeah no pressure <laughs> <laughs>
3: well
0: good luck Alan and uh, it's lovely to talk to you I think um, now it's time to pause with pace. So this is the moment when we each share a bit of our wisdom. So I'm going to go to Alan first.
3: So my tip my bit of advice would be um get some old film that's probably out of date get an old film camera from a second hand shop or somewhere or maybe get a lomography camera and just chuck the film in it don't spend too much don't spend too much time thinking about it and go and shoot some stuff um the results will be fun and you might get into photography
2: that's awesome can't really beat that advice no. Uh Anita?
0: Um mine is something I've been doing for a long time, basically since the girls were born, well, since I fell pregnant actually. Um I've been keeping or we've been keeping a yearbook every year. So it's a bit similar to what we're talking about before. So we capture photography, obviously photographs throughout the year, and then um we put it in a book, get it printed. There's many websites now that are out there, get it printed and bound, and it creates a real nice hard book, basically book of memories of the year. And we it's split between months, and then we've done that for the last, I don't know, 10. 12 years and I just I just like looking back at them because mm-hmm. the kids are growing up so quickly mm-hmm. and you just forget you just look I like looking back and seeing them as toddlers and thinking oh my god they were mm-hmm. so cute <laughs> um and it's just it's just the memories and I think it's just important now everything's electronic just to um just to still have something I like the eye the tact you know feeling the book and flicking the pages and seeing the photographs um and I plan to continue to do that whether I'll do it for 30 years I don't know <laughs> but, um and I must admit I did actually leave it about four years without doing it and it was always playing on my mind I haven't done the yearbook I haven't done the yearbook so last Christmas obviously we were all locked down I um I spent a few days just going through and doing the yearbooks that I haven't done you know. so we're now no, now that's on track
1: I do them for the girls, but I'm behind already. Mm. <laughs> it's amazing. so easy because time is. passes so quickly. So I've done four for Marnie and two for Ma, so I need to catch up. So you're making me. You know, I do now.
0: Away. I I am keeping a folder each month, so that when it gets that's to the next Mike's January, that, yeah. it'll be an so easy easier. job. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. You should sort them out as you yeah. go along. Yeah. So that's yeah. mine. That's yearbook, fun. family yeah. yearbook.
1: one. Kaz? So my top tip feels really pathetic now. You've both had like really nice ones. But I just found out the other day, if you want to take a selfie, um, maybe it's just on my Samsung phone and I don't have an iPhone. We just hold your palm up to the lens and it takes a selfie
0: for you. I thought that was a good top tip. That yeah. is a very good top tip because I had it's no very, idea. It's not, I, don't <laughs> I don't know how it, it works. Selfies, but
1: it's more <laughs> like if you've got a group picture and you're trying to get in and you like put thingy, you can just go like that and it takes the picture. That yeah, because be that fun. is good
0: because you don't know how to where to put yeah. your... Yeah, yeah well, click
1: photo.
3: it yeah click it if you're so you trying to hold it and then go like that <laughs> and then it goes three
1: two one take oh that's very impressive. I didn't know that
2: I've learned something there, <laughs> there <you go>. <laughs> <laughs> um and mine is I although I can't take photos I do like looking at photos and I do appreciate photography um so I had two recommendations um my favorite photographer is a chap, he's British his name's Martin Parr and he does a lot of ethnographic photography particularly in the UK and he's done a couple of um exhibitions that I've really enjoyed the most recent being the return to Manchester exhibition at uh, Manchester art gallery it was really cool um, and then another photography series I just thought I'd mention because it's stuck in my mind ever since I saw it and I looked it up online because I couldn't remember how long ago I saw it and I honestly I think about it all the time and I saw it in 2013 so it's hung around in my head mm. for a long time um, and it's quite, it's, just, it's quite sad, it's called Execution Squares. And it's a series of photographs by a Syrian photographer. I won't butcher his name, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, and he's gone to um, different squares where executions have, have taken place in Damascus and Aleppo. And he's taken photos at really quiet dormant times where mm. there's no one there. And it's just really poignant and it really stuck with me. Um, they're all very similarly um, shot from similar locations. And it 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 was just yeah it was really really moving and really interesting mm, and I'd recommend well, having a look at that well. series because it it really stuck with me so slightly yeah. slightly morbid end to the- <laughs> 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 this <one's> podcast podcast <laughs> <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> thanks Joe <laughs> right I think that brings us to the end of. Um, our august pace cast so thank you very much alan for joining us
3: absolute pleasure thank you very much
0: if anyone's got any feedback any questions anything they'd like us to chat about next time please do get in touch on our normal social channels or you can email us at pace and with that we will say goodbye until september god the year is passing so quickly <laughs> it is scary yeah. so um bye for now see you in september Bye. bye.